This episode of Something Like Sunday School is being brought to you by Bougie Bully Trade Lines, LLC, headed up by the CEO, Angela Agnew. If you find yourself shy of the credit score needed to qualify for your dream home, that land you've been looking at, the new car you wanted to purchase, personal loans, and much more, and you don't have the desire to wait on a complete full credit repair, try the temporary credit boost of Bougie Bully Trade Lines with results in as fast as 14 to 21 days. Get better odds of approval with the addition of positive accounts with zero balances added to your credit profile. With the ability to increase your approval by as much as 75%, yes, 75%, contact Angela Agnew at bougiebully at gmail.com or 1980-677-1595. Become a part of over 900 satisfied customers and 80 homes closed while using their services. Allow them to bully those bureaus on your behalf by using Bougie Bully Trade Lines, LLC. They look forward to working with you. This episode of Something Like Sunday School is brought to you in part by Beard Therapy. Maintain your mane with Beard Therapy's handmade natural products that are guaranteed to promote a healthy beard, leaving it conditioned, glossy, and smelling great from handcrafted scents. Check out these products at www.beardtherapyllc.com. Now that's good right there. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Some Like Sunday School. I am Purpose Williams, and it's so good to have all of you back. Listen, I apologize in advance if I begin to ramble with excitement. I am so (laughs) excited about this account because when I was reading it uh, over, of course, you know, of course, you when you know you're reading anything, I think for the most part. It's more than uh, just reading it one time to get full understanding. And, you know, some people are geniuses and prodigies, but, you know, it's always good to go back. So I was rereading this account particularly, and it gave me chills, the things that were <laughs> revealed to me. I don't know if I forgot them or I just didn't understand the weight of what was going on when I read it before. But I'm really excited about this this episode. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Uh, if it's, it's got the theme of it. Let's go ahead and talk about who we're going to be reading about. We're going to be reading about Ruth. And uh, some of you have may. I have may. What's going <laughs> Some of you may have already heard of Boaz, right? But for those of you who have not, we're going to uh, get into that. And of course, with those of you who have. Uh, there's some things that uh, were revealed to me that made me really excited. And gave me chills also. Uh, it showed me the meticulousness of Christ, of God, of his uh, His whole plan. And I've always heard that uh, the Bible, of course, has many things. But one of the things is Jesus. And Ruth gives us that. Almost like, uh, you know, they have Christmas in July. We have almost like a Christmas in, in February type deal going on. But it's so many, so many jewels. In this book, again, usually the ones that be the shortest or they, the most compact have so many delicious things in them. Of course, it's the Bible. It's, it's going to be delicious. We're tasting and seeing on today. <laughs> but I want to read to you um, to you guys the account of Ruth. The theme of Ruth, the main theme of it, is the kinsman redeemer. This is a book of redemption. In a bajillion ways. Of course that's not a word. But it's fun right? It's a book of redemption. In a bajillion ways. Ruth is found in the Old Testament. It is the 8th book. Of the Old Testament. Um, When we get into. This account. Well. I tell you what. I'm just going to read. You you hear my paper. All my notes and everything. Uh. I'm just going to start reading. We're going to do a bit of reading today. So if you're at home, get your notes out. Of course, uh, get, if you're not at home, don't don't stop. Don't close your eyes. Just, just keep listening with your ears. And then when you get home, listen again. <laughs> okay? We're going to do a bit of reading. Of course, everything we do, we come right out of the Word of God. We don't ever want to say anything or do anything that is not, that is not Bible. 
That is not truth. And uh, of course, I don't claim to know everything. And I'm enjoying the journey of correction or of going deeper, of understanding more, you know, from glory to glory, faith to faith. So, uh, and if ever we we do say something that is in error, I I always will. I always will come back and fix it, change it, acknowledge it, and say, hey, that wasn't it, guys. This is it, okay? <laughs> so, let's read. Let's read. We're going to do a bit of reading today. We're going to start with Ruth, the first chapter. In the very first verse, it says, Now, it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah. Hmm. Here we are. Uh, for those of you who know the story of Jesus Christ, Bethlehem should ring a very, a very loud bell. Uh, it's always um, the saying that there is no word in the Bible that is that is of none effect. That is useless. God is very particular about what He wanted the men. Uh, the prophets to write it in, in his word. So we'll go back and read it again. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Milan and Chilion. Of course, I feel like Chilion is very, very chill. <laughs> And that could have nothing to do with that. But that's just how I see my guy. <laughs> and Freydites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi, uh, her, Naomi's husband, died. Right away, we see uh, a tragic event. They leave from uh, Bethlehem. They go uh, to Moab. They're married. They have two sons. And Naomi loses her husband's, her husband, and their sons lose their dad. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah. When I was little, my, my, my eyes would always make me say Oprah. But that's not Oprah. That's Orpah. And the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwell there. About 10 years. And Milan and Chilean mm, died. Also both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. This lady experiences so much loss. Right away we see the tragic things that were happening in her life. She loses her son. No, she loses her husband. And then her two sons. 10 years later, loses both of them. My God. Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went, out, they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Let's look at the relationship they have immediately. We see a, a relationship of love, and usually... Uh, between mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, there's usually some tension or some rift, or, or at least that's mostly the narrative, right? But we see the love that they have for each other. Even in her sending them away, it's out of love. She realizes that they're young. She blesses them and even tells them to, to uh, hey, enjoy your new husbands. Enjoy your new lives. And that's something. And they love her so much. When she tries to send them away, they kiss her and they all what? It says they all wept. They have a strong love for each other. We're on verse 10. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. They said, We want to go with you. We want to go with you. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb <laughs> that they may be your husbands? 
turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say, I have hope. If I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them with from having husbands? Nay, my daughters. One of uh, my uh, childhood pastor, he asked you a question, you got something wrong. And of course, if you uh, were one of the women, he would be like, no, daughter. <laughs> so she tells him, no, daughter. Even if I got a husband tonight and I conceived on tonight and had more sons, would you wait until they were grown? She tell them no. <laughs> Turn again, she say, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have having husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tear for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Listen to her. This is grief speaking. This very much um, reminds me of Job. When he began to lose everything. And the things he was saying. She felt like the Lord was against her. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah. Let's see what Orpah does. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. And Ruth clave unto her. So Orpah kisses her. And she decides she's going to go back. To, you know, to her family, to her mother and her father's house. But it says that Ruth clave unto her. And he, and she said, Behold, thy sister is gone. This is Naomi talking to Ruth. Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone, but unto her, back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. You know what Ruth said? You're going to love me. I'm staying right here. I'm not going anywhere. You're going to love me. <laughs> Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Listen to that. It sounds very much, this is a vow. Almost sounding like a wedding vow or a marriage vow. She has vowed to be with her, to leave her people, even to take on her God, the God of Israel. Isn't that something? And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she she left speaking unto her. So Naomi says, hey, listen to what she just said. I can imagine her being so moved and so swayed, so much so that she doesn't even argue with her anymore. She doesn't even try to sway her to leave her. She just accepts, hey, she's going with me, so let's go. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? Man, where it be spreading so quick? <laughs> For them to not have cell phones, you know, no internet connections. Where it be spreading quick? The city is moved. And then he's saying, hey, ain't that Naomi? <laughs> say is this Naomi and she said unto them call me not Naomi call me Mara for the almighty have dealt very bitterly with me mm. I went out full and the Lord have brought me home again how empty <laughs> why then call ye me Naomi seeing the Lord have testified against me is given Job and the almighty hath afflicted me listen Usually, in the Bible, most of the time, there is a name change when people encounter God, especially his people. We have Abram, who went to Abraham, Jacob to Israel. We have Saul to Paul. This is the first time 
We see someone change their name on their own. What does it say about what is what is what is significant about that? She's speaking out of grief. The Lord was never against her. But this is grief talking. She changed her own name. That's how we know that this was not <laughs> this was not the Lord's doing. This was life lifing. This was life lifing. She gave her own self that name. The Lord didn't give her that name. Right? So let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite is her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. We're on chapter 2 of Ruth. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, <laughs> into Boaz of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Look how the Bible describes this man. He coming out the gate strong. He's a kinsman of her husband. A mighty man of wealth. A mighty man of wealth. And for some for some some reason, whenever I read that, I imagine him immediately being debonair. I imagine him being uh, what they call him, a silver fox. For some reason, he's just very debonair, very uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's not it's not elegant. That is more of it's more feminine. But whatever the masculine form of that is, y'all know what I'm talking about. But the Bible calls him a mighty man of wealth, which speaks to me of wisdom, business, you know, all of this stuff. But let's see, let's see. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go into the field and glean ears of corn after him, and whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. She ain't tell her no daughter that time, did she? <laughs> and she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was too light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech and behold Boaz came from Bethlehem there it is again and said unto the reapers the Lord be with you and they answered him the Lord bless thee then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers whose whose damsel is this she has caught <laughs> she has caught my man's eye Who's damsel? He and, and what I like about him, he's just straightforward. He speaks to them, they speak back, he gets right into business. Whose damsel is this? This you know what this lets me know also. He's a man of detail. He he's looking at these people and he sees somebody out of place. Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitess damsel. That came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and have continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. So they said she's been working. She's been working. She only stopped for a, a small break. She tarried in there just a little. Then said Boaz unto Ruth. Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here, fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that thou do reap, and go thou after them, my, my. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? <laughs> and when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and, the, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Look at the... Look at this. My guy comes in giving permission. My guy. <laughs> he comes in giving permission. He is so taken with her work ethic. He comes in giving permission. Then what happened? She fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take a knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me. My boy said, I've been looking. I've been paying attention. I've heard of your reputation. Hmm? 
It had been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and are coming to a people which thou knewest not heretofore. What did he just describe? Do you know what he just described? He just described a wife. We hear that back in, is that Genesis? Where they were to um, leave their mother and their father, the husband. Surely if the husband is leaving the mother and father, the wife is too. It's talking about the oneness, the unity. He's even looking at how she is treating her mother-in-law, who she no longer really obligated to, after her son has passed, the one that she was married to. That she was still good to Naomi. All of this, Boaz has taken into account. Hmm? <laughs> and Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother, and in the land of thy nativity, and are coming to a people which thou knowest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy word. Listen to him. <laughs> and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord. For thou hast comforted me. For thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid. Though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime. Come thou hither, <laughs> and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn. And she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. She was even able to eat until she was full. Not sparingly, not scarcely. But she ate until she was full. <laughs> and when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean, even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. He is yet. Ah. <laughs> uh. But Boaz will mess around and woo you, won't he? He'll mess around and do it. <laughs> so she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about an, an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her, Daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who have not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us. One of our next kin may say, Naomi said, I know this man. I know him. <laughs> I know him. He's, he's our kinsman. And she called him next of kin. My, my, my. And Ruth the Moabitess said, he's, uh, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. We are on chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is it not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, the winter with barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself, therefore. 
Naomi got a plan. <laughs> Watch thyself therefore. And anoint thee. She said, don't forget. Don't forget. Anoint thee. And put thy raiment upon thee. And get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man. Until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be. When he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. <laughs> and when she went down unto the floor, and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her, and when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry. He went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread forth thy skirt. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will not do thee. All, I will not do to thee all that I will do, I'm sorry, to thee, all that thou requires. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a what? A virtuous woman. We've heard a virtuous woman before, right? We hear, uh, we read about virtuous woman over there in Proverbs. We're going to come back to why that is significant right here. But he calls her a virtuous woman. Hmm? My, my, my. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Look, he's a stand-up guy. He said, yeah, I'm your near kinsman, but there's even one closer than me. Hmm? Let's see what else he says about it. Tarry this night, he says, wait. And it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, my, 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 lie down until the morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning. And she rose up before one could know another. <laughs> and he said, let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also, he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter-in-law, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Again, let's look at how this man moves. Let's look at <laughs> Oh my God. He's a man of his word. Even Naomi said he ain't gonna rest until he's accomplished. Until he say till he do what he said he was gonna do. He even sends her out with um with food for her and her mother in law. He's a stand up guy. How can we not love him? How can we not love Boaz? <laughs> Chapter four. <laughs> then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Oh, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city. He's gathering these folk. Let's see why. And said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. For them to, to do it, the elders of the city, 
this man got pulled. He has prestige. He has a reputation of honor for the elders to just come on and just sit down. <laughs> come on. Let's see what happens next. We're on verse 3. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it there before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, the man says, I will redeem it. Back then they wanted whatever was in the family, they wanted to keep it in the family. Right? So that's why they're called the kinsmen redeeming. They would keep the everything that belonged to that family inside of the family. Uh, verse 5. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I... I mar mine own inheritance. He said, I'm going to mess myself up. If I get all of that, I'm going to mess up my own inheritance. I'm going to mess up my own money. Redeem thou right to myself, my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. So he passes it over to Boaz. He said, I can't do it. So yeah, since you're the next one in line, you handle it. <laughs> now, this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming. And concerning changing, for to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and to all the people, Ye are witnesses this day, that I have brought all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Chilion's and Milan's in the hand of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Milan, have I purchased to be my wife. He said, I'm going to take her too. She, <laughs> she is part of the spoils. <laughs> to raise up the name of the dead and pun his inheritance. That the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren. And from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is coming to thy house like Rachel and like Leah. We've heard uh, Rachel and Leah in the story of Joseph. Rachel is Joseph's mom. And uh, Leah, she was the mother of the, the other sons. Rachel was Joseph and Benjamin's mom, which are the, the last two boys. And Leah, she was the mother of the other two sons, the older two, ten sons, I'm sorry. Uh, this, All of this is important, right? We see the tribes, the twelve tribes of Judah right there. Rachel and Leah, when they were married to Jacob. And that's something. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Which two did build the house of Israel? It all goes back to Jesus. It all goes back to him. And do thou worthily in the fritter, and be famous in Bethlehem, and be famous in Bethlehem. Y'all, I'm trying my best not to ramble, not to scream at y'all ear. <laughs> and tonight you can tell you how to calm down a lot. Because <laughs> the first time. All right, let's just get back to it, y'all. Underline that and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare away. She bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be, what? Famous in Israel. 
and he shall be unto thee a restorer. Here's the redemption of thy life and the nourisher of thine old age. Just like um, Joseph was his father's favorite because he was the son of his old age. And that's something. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And look, even this is not Naomi's blood uh, grandchild as in one of her son's grandchild, but she takes him on as her grandchild. She's still related to her. She takes him on as a grandchild, though. We have what are we what are we witnessing? The ministry of adoption. We're gonna talk about why that's important to us. One second. The ministry of adoption. <laughs> this baby has been accepted into the beloved. Some of you may be <laughs> may understand where I'm going, huh? But that's all right. We're gonna get to it. One second. <laughs> and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and the nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons have, have um, borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became nurse to it. Here is the delicious part. It's all been delicious. But this is the part. This part down up in here. This is the part that gave me chills. This is made. This is the part that made me. What's that? We used to play when we was little. Or you do when you little connect the dots. This is the part that made me connect so many dots, y'all. And it was just pinging across my mind like a like a cell tower. <laughs> and the women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name what? Obed. Obed. Anybody recognize that name? Let's keep reading. He is the father of who? Of Jesse. Anybody recognize that name? <laughs> Let's see who Jesse is. He is the father of who? Of David. And not just any David. King David. <laughs> what does this have to do with Christmas, you say? Let's keep reading. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. And Ram begat Abinadab. And Abinadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. Ah, Y'all, when I was reading this, <laughs> I kept going back over and over into it. It just gave me chills on top of chills on top of them. We see that Obed right is Jesse's dad and Jesse is David's dad what does this mean concerning David Ruth and Boaz are David's great grandparents I always thought this was just a sweet love story somehow I either don't remember this part or I didn't understand the weight of it the weight of it this is wild here is the redemption part why is this redemption? Because Jesus got to come out of the line. He got to come out of the line in the, in the house of David. He got to come out of it. It would make sense. It only makes sense that, <laughs> that Ruth and Boaz, or Boaz particularly, and Naomi, are out of Bethlehem. It only makes sense that these are David's folks. This is why Joseph and Mary had to go back to Bethlehem. <laughs> because that's Joseph's folks. This is Joseph's folks. Jesus' is earthly father. This is his people. <laughs> in Bethlehem. <laughs> oh my God, y'all. I was so excited when all this stuff started pinging off my mind, y'all. When, when the Holy Spirit was revealing these are David's people. This is why they out of Bethlehem. This is why it's important to say that Elimelech was from Bethlehem. <laughs> oh my God. Ruth and Boaz are King David's great grandparents. Huh? And let's go back to, and we're going to come back to that. Let's go back to this virtuous woman. Boaz calls Ruth a virtuous woman. <laughs> 
Well, ask me why is that important. Why? I hear you. It's important. You know why? As Ruth and Boaz, Ruth, let's just talk about Ruth. Ruth is David's great-grandmother. We hear about a virtuous woman in Proverbs, which was written by who? King Solomon. Who is whose child? King David. <laughs> of course he knows. Of course he knows what a virtuous woman looks like. It's been told to him. I know he heard the story by his great-great-grandma Ruth. I know they told him. <laughs> y'all, I'm sorry. I'm screaming at y'all ears. I know. This is why he would recognize what a virtuous woman was. If you go and read in Proverbs, the description of the virtuous woman is very much given Ruth. It's very much. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's very much giving Ruth. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so many things. So many things. And it reminds me of what I always tell my nephew. He's he's about to be 16. Of course, you know, before we know it, he'll be an adult. And I always tell him, if whoever you're dating doesn't remind you of your mama, She's not the one. <laughs> but how he, he got to have the example, right? She's not the one. His mom, my sister, and I, she's wonderful. She reminds me of Ruth. She's wonderful to my family and I. Wonderful to my parents. Wonderful to my brother. Wonderful to my, uh, my nephews and my niece. And then, why would my brother know who to find? The example in his mama. It's my mama. Oh, God. It's so delicious, y'all. Of course Solomon knows what a virtuous woman looks like. And it could be me, you know. <laughs> if I'm wrong, Holy Spirit going to tell me, I'm going to come back and tell y'all. But it makes sense. If we got to make sense of it, it makes sense that Solomon would know what a virtuous woman looks like. And when you read in Proverbs... Is it Proverbs 31? Yeah. When you read Proverbs 31, the description of the virtuous woman, it's very much Ruth. It's very much giving Ruth. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's go back to Jesus coming out of the house in the line of David. <sighs> and why the ministry of adoption is important to us. Why is it important to us? We understand that Jesus is the Son of God, right? The express image of God walking the earth. But his earthly father is Joseph, who is related to David. Now now we got to talk about the power of adoption, real adoption. Like adoption we experience now, westernized adoption or modernized adoption. You have the ability to go back and find, <laughs> y'all. Get ready for the ramble. You have the, the ability to go back and find out who your biological people are, right? But back in the day, that is eradicated. All of that is eradicated. They will only find your new life, your new bloodline. Is this not salvation concerning us? <laughs> That's why it's called a rebirth. This is why God is so many things. This is why whenever we hear about us, we are called the children of God. But most specifically, most specifically, we are called the sons of God. Why are we called the sons of God? And what does this have to do with this? It's the ministry of adoption, the ministry of reconciliation. We have been accepted into the beloved. So when God looks at us, he don't see us. He sees Jesus, the new bloodline that we have taken on. The redemption that has been imputed to us at the reception of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Y'all, I'm sorry. But <laughs> this stuff excites me, huh? We look at the power of it so much so that Jesus... It's said to come from the line of David, which is his earthly father, his adopted father, relatives. Huh? 
Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. <laughs> Somebody said we need scripture. Prove it. We just read that, right? Let's talk about, we can go to Matthew, the first chapter. First book of the New Testament. The genealogy of Christ. I'm not going to read how that to y'all right now. I would, but you know. I'm just going to read to you. <laughs> Lord have mercy. The part. Here it is. Obed beget Jesse. Jesse beget David the king. And David the king beget Solomon. Of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Right? And Jacob beget Joseph. The husband of Mary. We talking about Jesus' parents. Of whom was born Jesus. <laughs> Who is called what? Who is called Christ. Go and read the rest of it. I just want to tease you with it. Go on and read it. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I did not realize. For whatever reason. How important Ruth in Boaz's story, was to the life of Jesus. And if it's important to Jesus, <laughs> it's important for us. My God. We can go to Luke. Let's go to Luke right quick. Luke, the second chapter. Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third chapter, the third book, I'm sorry, of the New Testament. Luke, the fourth chapter. No, the second chapter, the fourth through the fifth verse. Where you at? Where you at? Here. <laughs> he talking about where Joseph now came from. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called what? Bethlehem. To be tasked with his espoused wife, being great with child. What child is that she's great with? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. My God, today. Jesus. We can go to John. John. Seventh chapter. 42nd verse. John is right after Luke. Let's go to the seventh chapter. 42nd verse. Let's see what it say. <laughs> oh, this is for the person who really needed to hear. Y'all ready? John. The seventh chapter and the 42nd verse. Had not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? My God. Oh, Lord, I hope y'all are just as excited as I <laughs> Lord God. <laughs> My God from heaven. Last one, y'all. We're going to Ephesians. Ephesians. I hope y'all are enjoying this. This thing made me giddy here. It made me excited. I had chills. I called my mama. I talked <laughs> talked my sister head off about it. <laughs> Ephesians, the first chapter. The fifth through the sixth verse. Here it is. This is the ministry of adoption. Here we are. Having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. My God, we have been accepted into the beloved. We see the strength of real adoption. That's us. Man. <sighs> yeah. This is not just a, a, a little sweet little love story. Oh, my God. This is not a sweet little, it's not just a sweet little love story. It's very sweet. It's very beautiful. We see Boaz presented as a husband, a man of wealth, of integrity. Look how that man did all that stuff. But look who catches his eye a virtuous woman. A virtuous woman. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> I'm just so excited. It excites me. Hmm? I'm going to take y'all one, one step further. <laughs> we come right out of Ruth. 
And we go into Samuel. Who is Samuel? And why is he important to this story? Samuel is the son of Hannah, who she believed God for and said that she would give him back to back to the Lord when she had him. Who is Samuel, y'all? We coming right out of Ruth into Samuel. Samuel is the one that God chose to anoint King David. <laughs> As king, which made me rethink the order of the Bible. Of course, of course, they're in the order that they're in for a reason. But I get so excited discovering these things. Y'all understand? When Holy Spirit reveals and revelates, it excites me. Now I got to rethink it all. I got to rethink the order of all of it. Oh, my Jesus. Well, <laughs> again. It's a beautiful love story and a, a, a story of redemption. So many levels. The Kendra Redeemer is not just a little sweet little R&B baby. Huh? It's not just a sweet little Ruth and Boaz baby. Oh, God. All right, y'all. I'm going to let y'all get scream to y'all here. My apologies. Huh? But I'm excited. I hope you are just as excited. Go back and read it. Go back and read it. Read. <laughs> I invite Holy Spirit to read with you that he may revelate to you. The mysteries is what Paul called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will see y'all next time. Come back. Share with your family and friends, especially your enemies. You can find us on any uh, podcast platform. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Come, join us. Share with your people. I hope that you have had a great time. And I hope that you haven't learned something you didn't know or revisited something you already knew and found a new joy about it. Huh? We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>